Hello everyone. It is Friday the 4th of December 2020 and in the past week Buckinghamshire has literally exploded with Christmas decorations. So people decorating their houses with tons of lights. It seems really early this year but also the town centres when they reopened earlier this week putting out Christmas displays. It's really nice and cheerful to see and I myself am not immune to a bit of Christmas cheer. In fact, I've already enjoyed my first pack of mince pies of the season and that got me scrambling to our strong rooms at Buckinghamshire Archives to dig out one of our historic mince pie recipes to talk to you about today. My name's Catherine Gwynn and this is the Archive of the Month podcast. If I'm going to talk to you about a recipe, I should really just run it past you first. This is the Checkers slash Lady Ayres mince pies. It calls for three pounds of suet picked clean, one pound and a quarter of the inside of sirloin beef or veal, three pounds of currants, one ounce and a half of cinnamon, a quarter of an ounce of cloves, sauce of mace, one pound of sugar, eight large pippins, half a pint of verjuice, four lemons, juice and peel, half a pint of citron, as much lemon peel, a quarter pint of rose water and half an ounce of caraway and a small handful of salt. I've got a bit of a confession to make. Ahead of recording this today, I did try to recreate this recipe and essentially I created a fatberg that has now gone out to the birds. But I'll go into that in a bit more depth in a bit. First, I should really tell you a little bit about where this recipe comes from. It is from a cookbook that came to us in a collection of documents from the Chequers estate. Now, the cookbook dates to the 18th century, we think. I should tell you a little bit more about the Chequers estate, although a lot of you will be very familiar with it. Of course, today it's associated with the Prime Minister. It was gifted to the government in the early 20th century to be a second home, a country pad for the Prime Minister. It is a very old estate. Our earliest records for Chequers come from 1254. And between 1254 and the early 20th century, the estate only really changed hands by family inheritance. And it was with the end of that lineage that it came up for sale, was purchased and then was bequeathed to government. So our collection of documents from Chequers spans 700 years of its history and it includes deeds, diaries, wills, government papers. It is indeed a very rich collection, but by far my favourite document from it is this 18th century recipe book. Now, recipe books, they are really frustrating. They seldom contain dates or indeed even detailed instructions. But they give you a real insight into everyday life, um, what people were eating, uh, what they were, what their raw materials for making food was, but also what they were making to use around the house. So in this recipe book, there are recipes for things like metal polish. And there are also uh, recipes for things to make you feel better. So in this recipe book, we also have recipes for cures for fever and gout. Recipe books are truly unique from this period. They each evolve in a kind of word of mouth way. So the recipes in this book are seldom very detailed. They're often just a list of ingredients, but they have a provenance uh, next to each recipe in the margin, giving an indication of who gave the keeper, the book owner, the particular recipe. In the case of this recipe for minced meat or minced pies, the owner of this cookbook got the recipe from someone called Lady Eyre. 
I've had a bit of a, a dig around on the internet to try and figure out who Lady Eyre might have been. This is really tricky given the popularity of Charlotte Bronte's book, Jane Eyre. Lady Eyre put together or indeed passed on this recipe to the owner of this book. Now, we don't know who the owner of this book was, sadly, whereas you and I might have scribbled our names in the frontispiece of this book, they clearly haven't. It's possible that it belonged to a senior housekeeper or cook at Chequers, but I can't rule out either it belonging to someone above stairs. Lady Eyre would not have invented this recipe from scratch. Mince pies, there are records of recipes similar to this in England from about the 1300s. And the general gist was there was meat and there were exotic spices. And because of this exotic connection, they were symbolically associated with the Magi from the Nativity and often consumed around Christmas time. When I read out the list of ingredients just then, there's some that I was more familiar with and some that I was less familiar with. I wasn't sure about the source of mace. Now, mace, I know, is a spice, seldom used much in cookery these days, but source of mace seemed quite specific. So a bit of digging around. I've got an impression that it might be a white sauce spiced with mace, but I wasn't confident. Another ingredient that unfamiliar to me was verjuice. This seems to be something that's still made today. It's quite an acidic juice made from pressing unripe green grapes and available online. Apparently another common use for verjuice these days is as a a vinegar substitute in salad dressings. As this recipe is from the 18th century, it's also possible that they would have been made in a rectangular shape. So rather than circular pies that we know today, again, this has got symbolism associated with it. It was meant to symbolise the manger that Jesus was placed in at Christmas. It appears that As with a lot of our Christmas traditions, the Victorians took the the mince pie and tinkered with it. It's during the Victorian period that that meat probably disappeared from recipes and that they became circular. On to my attempt at making this recipe. So I'm vegetarian, so automatically I cut out the, the meat. I stuck to the recipe pretty much verbatim after that, particularly things like rose water. Got my hands on some verjuice. I used cooking apples rather than pippins. I didn't go for the sort of mace. I just put uh, a pinch of mace instead. I whipped all that together. The main composition relies on the equal quantities of suet. I use veggie suet and currants. So that's the main bulk of it. I baked it for roughly an hour at a low temperature. A wonderful smell. It smelled so Christmassy. But it was swimming in fat. All this suet had melted, as suet does, and it was basically bathing everything else. And so I left this to cool. It cooled down and the the melted suet solidified. I'm thinking that either suet today is very different to the composition of suet in the 18th century. If you were to recreate this recipe, I would say you need a fraction of the suet advertised. Otherwise, you're going to wind up with something completely inedible. So that's our festive archive of the month. We've got pictures of the recipe and the book up on our blog and we'll pop them up on social media as well. Throughout the rest of December, we are doing an archive advent calendar on our social media. So make sure you you drop into that and we'll talk to you in January. Have a good Christmas.